Now, let's go meet some nice policemen. They're good guys. Come on, let's go. I'm the bad guy? Yeah. How'd that happen? I did everything they told me to. Did you know I build missiles? Yeah. I help to protect America? You should be rewarded for that. Since they give it to the plastic surgeon, you know, they lied to me. Is that what this is about? You're angry because you got lied to? This is Plausibly Live. So I know it's been a week, and it's been a tough week. It's been a strange week. It's been a week of, I don't even know how to describe it, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of moving parts. We had a a fairly renowned submarine veteran pass away a couple weeks ago, and the funeral was this week. It was yesterday. And so much of my much of my week was taken up with that because we were doing the service, planning, conducting all of those kind of things. So that took a lot of effort this week uh, to make that happen. But the biggest issue was um, if you watched last Friday's video, and and I know most of you don't watch the video, and that's fine. I I do it because I don't know why I do it, but. If you happen to watch the, the video from last week, um, Rod sent me a series of texts after the video making fun of my appearance. Um, and I, I had noticed it while I was doing it, but I thought, it's got to be that bulb over there that's out, but it wasn't. Um, as it turns out, I'm pretty sick. Um, if you're looking at the video and if, if you're looking at the video today, even you can see it kind of, uh, to some degree, I'm, I'm still in the same color, which looks sort of orangish yellow. It's, it's yellowish. As it turns out, I have, uh, kidney stones and kidney issues, and it's causing a lot of problems right now. And while on Friday, I didn't know that yet, uh, apparently it was... It was coming, and I guess I should have known it, but there you go. I didn't, and by Saturday morning, I was quite ill. Um, the weekend was not fun. I've been through kidney stones. This is now the fifth time, and this is the longest time it's ever lasted. I've never had it last more than 24 hours before I was able to, to pass it. Uh, I'm now closing in on a week, obviously. And it still has not passed. And believe me, I'm not as chipper as I sound right now. <laughs> if if you can believe that, I I sound a lot better than I am. And I can still, looking at the camera, I can still see the color issues. So there you go. Anyway, if you're so inclined, your thoughts and prayers and good feelings would be appreciated. Because I don't think this is going to get any better anytime soon. But keep trying anyway got several texts over the week several emails dave what do you think about the speaker being fired what do you what do you think of all this well that's a huge can of stuff to unpack isn't it a lot of worms in that can the the process by which it was done the reasons we were given 
all seem to have something in common, don't they? Which is they don't really, they don't really satisfy us. I haven't seen anybody that's satisfied with this. Okay, McCarthy's gone. Let's say you're on the extreme, you're on the right. McCarthy's gone. Great. Now what? If you're on the left, great. McCarthy's gone. From what I hear, Democrats were celebrating, but you don't have the votes to put your people in. So now what? Is there a plan or is there no plan? Does it even matter if there's a plan? What I do know is this. I've watched a lot of news this week because I've at times been incapacitated. And I have not heard this. Not a single person involved with any of this. Not Matt Gates, not McCarthy, none of the leading Democrats. Not one of them has said these words. This is what's best for the American people, whom we represent. Now, I get it. You could make the argument that it's best for America because it got rid of McCarthy, who was doing this, that, or the other. But, but not one of them has said that. Not one of them has made that rhetorical argument of why this needed to happen. Everything's been done in sound bites. Everything's been done in 30 seconds or less. And not one of them has made an actual argument for or against. And I think that's a problem. When I see problems like this, of course, I go back into history. I'm a historian. It's what I do. And I found myself in the pages of Euripides, a great Greek playwright, who wrote several plays about a guy by the name of Oedipus. You've probably heard at least of the play, if you've not, of the plays, if you've not seen them or heard them or read them. One in particular has some fame because it's Oedipus Rex, uh, the king who, you know, marries his, murders his father, marries his mother. When he finds out what he did, he claws his eyeballs out. You've heard this, right? Um, but it's an example. It's a, a form, if you will. The Greek tragic plays, the great Greek tragedies are and were considered by the Greeks of the Athenian democracies to be important elements in learning for freedom. In other words, you could not be a good Athenian citizen, a good citizen of the democracy, if you didn't go to the plays, because the plays were considered to be knowledge. They were considered to be important knowledge that was needed to function as a citizen in a free society. And even as I say that sentence, even as I think about that right now, I'm thinking, boy, there's a, there's a can I want to open, but I education then versus education now in a free society, education for freedom, as opposed to what we do today. But that's another, (sighs) stay tuned. We'll get there. Uh, The Greeks use the tragedies, the tragic plays as teaching materials. They're, the primary lesson of which was simply this, and, and I don't care what play you're watching. The primary functionality of the play was to remind them that hubris makes the innocent suffer. In other words, take all these people in these plays, take all these people that do these things. It's their, their hubris that causes other people to have suffer, to, su- to have suffering. 
Do you know why this country is trillions of dollars in debt? Do you know why it seems that politicians don't listen to we the people? Do you know why we are told that we are divided? <laughs> Should be kind of obvious at this point, right? In these ancient Greek democracies, which were not perfect, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you they were. They had they had flaws that we had and we didn't learn from and so forth and so on, but we've gotten past that. The ancient Greek tragedy, which featured that hubris, which featured that central character whose hubris would cause innocent to suffer, oftentimes, well, all Greek citizens were taught rhetoric. And they used rhetoric to justify, rationalize, explain, persuade in favor of their position. This art of rhetoric is something we've lost. It is not a bad term, which it tends to be today. You read a newspaper article, they talk about, oh, so-and-so's rhetoric. It's almost like they're saying propaganda, but they want to sound you know, important. Rhetoric is not that. Rhetoric is a skill. It's an ability to talk to people and convince them, or at least cogently give your ideas. It is not a soundbite. The Greeks were absolutely adamant that anyone who spoke in soundbite, what they called advertising slogans, I like Ike, <laughs> McCarthy must go. Anyone who spoke like that, those, those particular slogans are the absolute hallmark of despotism because they contain no actual substance. They contain no argument. They're just playing on emotion. And so in dealing with critical issues, rhetoric became the skill. And the highest point of rhetoric, the highest display of rhetoric would come in speeches, public speeches, like we talked about with, with uh, Pericles last week, or um, in debate, or even in tragic plays. The use of language was intended to be important and carry gravitas. It was done in very high language. It wasn't the common street language, much like reading the scriptures. You know, I don't even want to get into the whole living Bible controversy when I was a kid. You know, this we're going to put the Bible in the language of the people. Why? You don't want that. You want the language to be important and impressive. That's part of rhetoric. That's part of the skill. Making people listen to you because they got to think about what you're saying. Which of the politicians involved in this removal of the speaker, any of them, on either side, pro or against, which of them used rhetoric, an actual explanation as to why? Don't send me the email saying, Dave McCarthy didn't keep his promises. If you can't tell me in a rhetorical style that same argument, you're just using a soundbite. And soundbites are the hallmark of despotism. Why are you trying to rule over me? Instead, these politicians that we have today, who are not statesmen, speak in cliches, they speak in advertising soundbites, and we still do not have, 
from either side. An actual, legitimate, rhetorically-based argument as to why Speaker McCarthy, A, should be removed, or B, should not be removed. Even even Speaker McCarthy, I almost called him president, sorry, could not rhetorically argue why he should not be removed. Isn't that sad? Of all the people that should be able to, don't you think he should? You know, the, the, the Greek tragedy had some certain characteristics to it. It had to be a one-day story. In other words, these events happened in one day. Now, there could be some background that maybe you were familiar with. and But uh, the second thing is, we had to know the end. You had to know what would happen to the main character. The, they call it the hero, but that maybe not quite a hero, you know, in the, in the strictest of senses. Certainly not in the DC or MCA world or whatever. You had to know what, what the end result was going to be. And it had to be about an action that they had taken that caused all of this. Now, that action could be well-intended. In the story of Oedipus, remember that there was an oracle when he was a child that said he would grow up to murder his father and marry his mother. And so he left Corinth, where he grew up, because he didn't want to carry out that oracle. He didn't want to carry out that that fate. And if you know the rest of the story, well, you know that he ended up doing it anyway. He intended well by leaving, but it set in action a chain of events that led to his father's death, marrying his mother and her death, and him gouging his eyes out. His actions were well intended, but they resulted in innocent people suffering which is the height of hubris. You could make that argument in McCarthy's case. He made choices. He made decisions that were based upon what he believed he was doing was right, however well-intended. But they led to this moment where he became the first speaker in the history of the country to be vacated. Do you think that his hubris allowed him to see that that would happen? How many different Greek tragedies could we write just from this story? How many actions were taken that destroyed people or have yet to destroy people? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the end of this is going to be yet. We know Speaker McCarthy's done. But what happens to any of the other people involved in all this? The Greek tragedy was considered integral to Greek democracy and to Greek citizenship. It provided a forum for the discussion of the critical issues of the day, but it required rhetoric and logic to make the point. As we watch this Greek tragedy unfold in front of us, are we using our rhetorical skills to make any logical conclusions about what has happened, what has changed? There are those screaming, what's the plan? Do they use any rhetorical ideas? logical ideas to say anything other than what's the plan, which again, I don't know that it's helpful. I don't know that it's hurtful, but I don't know that it's helpful because none of the people that did any of this pro or con tried to stop it, tried to start it. None of them used any logic, democratic skills, required democratic knowledge that they should have been able to do to explain any of it. They just did it. 
leads me to the answer to the question. Dave, what do you think about the removal of Speaker McCarthy? Well, I think in so many ways, it's a typical Greek tragedy. His own hubris and his own poor choices led to that moment. However well-intended he might have been, maybe he thought he was doing the best thing, the right thing, and maybe he thought he would it would work. But his hubris forced him or compelled him not to consider the alternatives. He thought that it's never happened before, it'll never happen now. There's only 11 of them, how hard can this be? He might have thought to himself. And in his hubris, in his downfall, innocent people are suffering and will suffer. Why do I say that? Because we, the American people, are suffering the, the cause of this, we, the, the, out, the outcomes of this. Speaker McCarthy's been removed. Has inflation gone down? Has the border crisis been solved? Has the, has the debt been addressed? Has the war in Ukraine been? And who's paying for that? We are. The internet is full today of stories from people who are absolutely broken by the fact that they're not able to do things because of the, the problems that this country has. We have people being murdered in the streets on camera, but we can't stop it. Is there anything in the Speaker McCarthy tragic play done anything to address any of that? Has anyone even said, have any of these politicians have said anything in a rhetorical style to address any of that? Shouldn't that be their primary concern? I am absolutely convinced that not a single one of them, not one of the 535 people in Congress, the president, any of the politicians, could use any actual rhetorical, logical skills to explain or persuade or convince you that what their vision is will work and we should follow them. Which means, my friends, that no matter how you look at the Speaker McCarthy thing, all they are doing is using advertising slogans and sound bites, which, in the history of democracy, in the history of free societies, in the entire human experience, means that no matter how you look at these people, pro or con, they are all just despots.